Oh, so folks at home, a little bit different today. This video is sponsored in a roundabout way. Podcast. Yeah, the podcast. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> For, you know what, leave that in. This podcast is sponsored. and uh, But we're not getting any money for it because Whiskey Studios, who are the first sponsor we ever had on Fact Fiend, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, reached out to me a month ago. They're doing a charity stream tomorrow or today for people listening to this if they're listening to it on the day it goes out. Yep. Uh, December 10th for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, mm-hmm. A link to which I'll get and send to you, Lucas, when you edit this. Fab. And they reached out to me a month ago, offering me like 150 quid to mention it in this podcast. And I just forgot every single week. <laughs> uh, to the point where I was meant to mention it last week and forgot. And I just said, look, I'll mention it in the podcast that goes out the day before for free. Because I feel bad that I've messed you around. <laughs> so this podcast is sponsored, but we're not getting paid for it. And I will be on their stream I think from 5 p.m. for an hour or so, just talking about the game, which I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. So I guess tune in for that if this if you're listening to this with enough time. But I presume it's I, UK time, yes. UK time, yes. Fact, I yeah. feel so bad for those guys because he emailed me like, "Did you mention it in this week's podcast?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, fuck no, <laughs> oh, no. oh shit, I'm sorry." So yeah, thanks to those guys. Actually, no, thank you. They're not paid me. Sorry to those guys. <laughs> that uh, this is the best I could do. But yeah, if you listen to this on the day it goes out, um, that's a piece of content that you may want to be check out. It'll be live now, hopefully. Oh. So we're at that time of year, Lucas, where Christmas music is everywhere. It certainly and is. I'm going to be honest, mate. I fucking hate Christmas music. Really? I, some of it's good. And I thought we're gonna, we can open episode 59. There's a week till Christmas, or a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like the ninth today, so yeah. two weeks, near enough. I guess maybe we can do like a Christmassy themed episode next week, but something that's been bugging me all day because I've been doing a little bit of shopping. And lockdown shopping is some dystopian nightmare shit, man. Oh, God. Yeah. Just everyone's walking around without a mask on. It's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Please stop doing it. I just want to buy a book for someone's Christmas present because I want to support a local store instead of fucking buying everything on Amazon. Anyway. Like you just hear the Christmas music in the background. And I was just having the conversation with my girlfriend. Oh, what is the absolute worst tier? Like most bottom of the barrel. I hate this song, Christmas song for you. Because there's some Christmas songs that I, I don't mind. I don't some mind a lot of Christmas songs, but there are some that really great on me. And yeah, I wouldn't even... I would say there is an entire just shit tier of um, really bad modern pop artists doing cover of classic Christmas songs. Yeah, my girlfriend said the exact same thing. Like Every time a pop artist tries to do a classic Christmas song, it's like, just, no. No, I hate we'll it. Listen to a classic. And then in the same vein, I hate Michael Bublé covers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind that Michael Bublé Christmas album, but I get why people hate it. Because it's so overplayed, and my old work played it on repeat, and I just grew to really intensely dislike the specific way he sings. Yeah. Especially Christmas songs, because he sings slightly off time with like a staccato to his voice. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, have yourself a Merry Christmas, it's like, have yourself a very... It's like, just sing the song the way it was written originally. <laughs> That's the thing is, I don't mind that album, but I, like me and Jenna, made our own Christmas playlist on Spotify a few years back. Mm. And none of that shit is in it. We always endeavour to try and find 
the original versions because they normally the better versions. They are, yeah. And uh, just I was just speaking to my girlfriend, like, what is the lowest tier Christmas song? And I think the one for me is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" or, or anything by Bing Crosby. Because the moment I hear it, I go, I'm watching an advert or a film that couldn't afford the rights to a better song. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I'm not sure where, where do you find all the, the really old ones. Mm. Like the baby, it's cold outside and all that stuff. I quite like them, but I get what you mean with the amount they've been over-commercialised. Because you can get them really, really cheap these days. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one of someone's alive anymore. And I think that's the weird thing is because I tend to do all my um, Christmas shopping online nowadays. You don't hear I, them as much. I don't, yeah, I don't tend to hear Christmas songs other than... The specific Christmas films I've decided I like to watch every year. Which don't worry, we're going to talk about in a minute. Exactly, yeah. We're going to do that, Lucas, you know. (laughs) And then that playlist that I've made, which ignores all of the Christmas songs I don't like. So over the past few years, I've actually grown to like Christmas songs more because I'm ignoring all the bullshit. Yeah, there's a couple that I really like. I love um, Wonderful Christmas Time. I believe it's uh, John Lennon who did that one. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, that's, it's just really bouncy, really happy. And then the other one is just the uh, the Mike Oldfield one uh, in Dulce Jubilo. And that's the one where you probably don't... It's got no lyrics, and it's mm. just Mike Oldfield, and he plays all the instruments. Oh, okay. And it's the... It's that one. I think but I know I, which one you mean, yeah, yeah. You'd know it if you heard it. I, I would, grew yeah. to like it, just because Mike Oldfield played every instrument in the song. <laughs> and it's like 40 different instruments all laid on top of each other. It's like, oh, Mike man. Oldfield, why are you so crazy? <laughs> you are such a crazy, weird, talented man. And I think the one that always um, comes to mind, it might not be if I actually sat down and looked at a list of Christmas songs, but the one that always comes to mind is Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is my, my favourite Okay. Just again, it's... because it's got like very happy, bouncy vibes to it. Right, um, and I think the one that everyone loves is just All I Want for Christmas is You. Of course. Just because Queen Mariah herself is like she knows. Because <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I want to say that um, every year you'll see the same tweet go around. The, the go Google viral. trends. The Google trend of All I Want for Christmas. And it just peaks up just a little bit right at the end of November. Yeah. And a guy tweeted that image out with, it started. And Mariah Carey retweeted his tweet and just put, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, she herself, like, Christmas doesn't start till Mariah Carey says it does. And that's the thing is, that is one of the songs where I'm like, oh yeah, it's Christmas time. And um, it's weird that, yeah, of course Mariah Carey's sharing that shit. Because she must get the fattest check through the mail every year. Yeah. And it's just, imagine just sitting back every year, every January or whenever it is, of like, oh yeah, that that post just came in. Look at that big fat Christmas check again. Yeah. It's like the one of um, a friend of mine's musician. Yes. He talks about, like, due to his music industry connections, he um, knows someone who knows somebody who wrote the song Monster by The Automatic and... That was oh, a big yeah. hit at the time, but yeah. it was, it's by no means a song people listen to today. But that guy still to this day gets royalties from that song, and those royalties are enough um, to live. Not a, not a great life, but it's the equivalent of just working a 40-hour-a-week job in a really? shop Really? That much? He still gets the royalties from it, yeah. And that is and, not, as you say, a song that gets played often anymore? But it's on a lot of those like greatest hits albums or like dad rock driving songs yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. yeah. 
It's one of those songs. So he gets royalties and he just lives off it and all he does is sit in his house smoking weed trying to write another hit. <laughs> and you've got to kind of respect that level of just like, that's his life. Yeah. Just sitting and writing songs. It's like uh, the guy you told me that he met where it's like, this is the most embarrassing I think I've seen someone's career get to. Because like, he's in a band that's just started at the time. Mm. He was playing alongside Crazy Town who did the song Butterfly. God. In like a 40-person venue and he's like, fucking hell, how oh. might you have fallen? <laughs> that reminds me um, of when I saw an advert for, I think it was five, playing at a local gala bingo. Oh, but it God. wasn't even all five of the members. <laughs> it's like um, when Take That tried to come back yeah. and they couldn't get Robbie Williams. If people, maybe Americans, Take That was a really big boy band in Britain in the 90s. Yeah, like yeah. The 80s, I want to say. And Robbie Williams left, and he became a success on his own. And Gary then, Barlow did pretty well with himself. And that's the thing. Yeah. I was gonna, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah, they came back, and they didn't have Robbie Williams. And then Gary Barlow kind of went off on his own, and became like a TV personality. Yeah. So now they don't have Gary Barlow. So <laughs> yeah. now take that is like three guys. No one knows. <laughs> it's like the two people that could you could have named from Take That are no longer in Take That. It's like with the Spice Girls. Like, I think the reason the Spice Girls have never come back is because they never Spice. managed. They never managed to get Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham, to agree to come back. Yeah. And they had the integrity as a music group, despite the fact they are the fucking Spice Girls. So if we can't all come back, we're not going to come back. I thought they did it. come back at some point. Because Victoria Beckham agreed to. Mm. Like, she agreed to come back for like one performance. One show, like yeah. yeah. Because uh, there were rumours they were going to come back for the Olympics, and she's like, no. But that's the thing. When you have the amount of money that David Beckham has, yeah, uh, obviously she... She would get a lot of money herself anyway from, you know, royalties, residuals, everything that she um, endorses and things like that. But take her money out of the equation, you could easily, easily, easily live a fantastic life off just David Beckham's wages. She yeah. doesn't need to come back. And that's the thing, yeah. And just the idea that the group had the musical integrity not to come back. Yeah. The artistic integrity, I should say, to co- yes. not come back. Yeah, yeah. Because it'd be embarrassing if they weren't all there. And then take that has got two of its members missing. <laughs> And it's still going. It's like uh, Destiny's Child still going. And it's not got any of the original members in it. Yeah, they isn't made, that the made... same with the Sugar Babes? Yeah, the Sugar Babes. There are now more former members of the Sugar Babes and they <laughs> made their own band. Yeah, because the original Sugar Babes came back, but the name Sugar Babes is still going, so they had to form a new band. Yeah, because the name The Sugar Babes, this, again, it's just a girl pop group from like the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And it's owned by a company, because of course it is. It's a fucking mm-hmm. girl group from the 90s. Of course it's a corporate entity. Yeah. And they kept periodically replacing all of the Sugar Babes to the point where there were enough Sugar Babes left over to create their own Sugar Babes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I like it is this. This is a literal real-world example of the Ship of Theseus paradox, if you're familiar with that at all. Uh, I've heard of it, but you'll have to remind me of it again. It makes me sound like a really smarmy smug prick, but it's very simple, and it is the old paradox of um, if you take a ship, Mm. it's the Ship of Theseus, like the legendary hero king of Athens. It's like you take a ship, and then the people of um, uh, Athens or whatever, they... um, they replace the bits of the ship. They replace the bits of the ship. Like, at what point does that stop being the original ship? Yeah, yeah. And then the further paradox, the further parts of the paradox is: if you take all the original, the parts you took off the boat and build another boat, is that the original ship? Mm-hmm. And it's just a thought experiment about when does the original cease to be the original? Yeah. And then you can see that example in real life of the sugar babes. Like, which group <laughs> is the real sugar babes? Yeah. Is it the one where they've held on to the name, or is it the actual original members? 
Yeah. Or, and then at which point did they stop being the sugar babes? Was it when they lost one member? Was it when they lost two? Yeah, yeah. Was it when those two became... Like, it's, it's very strange, but it's just funny to think about in the world of music. I think it's quite easy, though, when your band's called Five... Like, when you drop a member, you shouldn't be called five anymore. It's People like S Club Seven. They had to become S Club because members kept leaving. Yeah, and we need again S Club Seven, big band in the in Britain. Yeah. And the reason I love S Club Seven is because it had uh, no, no S Club, uh, and their rivals were Steps, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And these were two really big like uh, pop groups from the nineties. And Steps, um, they broke up, and they very famously had a member. Called H. That was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why was it. Do you ever find out why he's called H? Oh, uh, is it ever explained? But his name. Was I'm H. not aware of the reason. But for years he was known as H from Steps. That was what he was known as, and mm-hmm. that Steps ceased to be a thing. So it became more and more embarrassing for that guy in his career because even, he was like, just known as H from Steps. Even when he's trying to like get his own musical career going, he's doing theatre and stuff like that. And <laughs> it, apparently he would get really annoyed when they would put stuff like H from Steps on like theatre productions. Yeah. And what he tried to do is he went, he tried to rebrand himself under his own real name. It's like just Ian so happens, something? No, it's Ian Watkins. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Lucas. Um, the name Ian Watkins might sound familiar, so do you want to tell people why that's familiar? Because uh, I believe, if I'm right, Ian Watkins was the singer of The Lost Prophets. Yes, and what did Ian Watkins do a couple of uh, years ago, very publicly? He was found out to be a paedophile. Yeah, he was arrested very publicly for being a paedophile. And around the time this news was happening, H from Steps, a.k.a. Ian Watkins, was in the middle of a rebranding campaign <laughs> where he's asking people to refer to him as Ian Watkins. And then in the news, he says, musician Ian Watkins outed for being a paedophile. It's like, oh, no. Because that's the thing. If he'd have been anything else, he probably would have gotten away with it. But because he's also a musician. Yes. And reportedly, like, they put, like, signs on, like, uh, a pantomime he was in, mm. starring Ian Watkins and a pantomime for fucking children. There are children in the show, oh, and it's, like, God, starring. Yeah. And they've got pictures of these kids dressed as fucking elves with, like, Ian Watkins. And, like, oh, my, it was such... And I feel so bad for that guy because he had to cancel that rebranding effort, and he's now just, like, I'm H from Steps. That is the roughest thing. <laughs> he like, can never... that's the thing. Ian Watkins from Last Prophets, like, he can go fuck himself. But that guy just got caught in the most unfortunate of crosshairs. Because he's a musician. Yeah. And it's and like as well, do you really need that hassle with every interview you're planning to give for the next three months? Exactly. Of, I'm not that one. Because that's the thing is, if he was an actor and it was, oh, Ian Watkins. Oh, no, not Ian Watkins. Oh, no, no, the actor Ian Watkins. Oh, like, oh, no, the musician is on. Oh, no. <laughs> I just feel so bad for that fucking guy. It's so rough. It's like, oh. what a bad time. It's like, um, uh, have you ever, you'll see that story going around every now and again, like when, um, like with shootings and things like that, and when they announce who the, like, the shooter was. Oh, yeah, yeah. People with the same name on Twitter are like, well, oh. rough day for me. Well, um, I actually listen to a podcast, and there's this guy, and I'll say his name in a minute, who has appeared on a few gaming podcasts that I listen to and stuff. Okay. And he's like, every time he appears on the podcast, he's like, oh, we've got Will Smith on the podcast. He's like, not that one, <laughs> not that one. Not that one. Oh, that's that's kind of rough. That, that's, that is, that's a rough one. Not because of any bad connotation, but you will never be known as like the Will Smith. No. You and never it's know such a common name as well. 
But like Will Smith is Will Smith. It's like um, even more inside than that is the world of comedy writing. Uh, Daniel O'Brien uh, wrote for Cracked for a couple of years. Like, he was a really oh, yes, like, I, know, I know who you're talking about. Somewhat well-known yeah. columnist on that. There was another guy who I think worked in like film industry called Daniel O'Brien. Oh, God. But he always had to call... He's, I think he still is now on Twitter just called The Other Daniel O'Brien. And he's like, oh, God damn it. Oh, see, yeah, I've just double-checked. This guy has at Will Smith. Oh, he has that? He has at Will Smith. And it That's amazing. It off, like, other Will Smiths so much to know. The guy who's got Will Smith is not, like, me famous Hollywood actor Will Smith. I wonder what Will Smith has on Twitter, then. He's probably just at Smith or something like that, or W Smith. Uh, I'll have to double check again. Yeah. Let's find you out, can... shall we? Like, oh, that's great. Uh, is it I Will Smith? Oh no, no, wait, that... it's not. That's a, is that a different guy? That's different... is that a fan account? No, no, verified. Yeah. Okay, so it's four hundred forty-nine point two followers. So two K followers. So I'm presuming that is. No, it's not. It's not. He's account. a football player, American <laughs> football player called Will Smith. Oh my god, it's harder to find. I don't. I don't know. Which maybe maybe he don't have a Twitter Smith. account. He might not. He might not do because he can't get it. It's like um, the famous one of this is there's this like some Israeli dude and he's just called something Nissan. And Nissan, the car manufacturer, uh, he has a website <laughs> which is just Nissan.com, and I think he, I think he still owns it because this has been a court case that has raged for literally decades now. And Nissan, the car company, is like, we want your URL. You're, yeah, yeah. you're stealing our brand name. You're like you're leveraging our brand name. Like, no, fuck you. It's my name. That's true. Yeah, you can't really tell him to not have it. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm gonna try and find it now. That's that's horrendous. Just we please stop having your name. It's, no, it's my fucking name. Oh, just if you're Nissan.com, it's <laughs> Nissan. Uh, it is just he still owns it. And it says Nissan Motors lawsuit, uh, lawsuit against us, so he's kept the website and he's got the logo for <laughs> Nissan with like a sign through it saying just, "fuck you." Yeah, he's just he's, got the red circle with the line going through it, like "fuck Nissan." Like he still owns it. Like this has been ongoing for years. He's just owned by a guy, and it's like it's a computer store. And I appreciate that he's just put his front page of his website dedicated to. Fuck Nissan, the car company. Yeah, he's called Uzi Nissan, which is a fucking sick name. <laughs> and it's like, it's just my name, and I bought it in 1994. That's incredible. It still looks like a website from 1994. He's kept it. It's like uh, Bob.com. Bob.com? Bob.com. I don't think it exists anymore, but like, it's probably owned by like, a porno company or something like that, but like, back in the... Oh, uh, it's like back in the 90s. Oh, don't guy... go to Bob.com, people. Is it porn? It just no. It just sent me to like a weird Chinese website with a loading oh, okay. screen on it. I was like, click off, click off. No, yeah, uh, it just came 90s. up not secure, and then Chinese characters in the URL. So, oh god, uh, that was owned by um, a guy who bought it because it was the early days of the internet. You could like, you know, it was the Wild West. Yeah, and then uh, Microsoft wanted to buy Bob.com as well because they had Microsoft Bob which is a uh, okay. short-lived uh, Microsoft helper buddy who was basically Clippy the paperclip yeah. for your entire OS. Oh, my God. And they tried to buy Bob.com off him. He's like, no, fuck you, I'm Bob. I own Bob.com. <laughs> and it was like this huge big court case. But I love that one of just Nissan. Fuck Nissan. I'm <laughs> Nissan. It's my name. Oh, God. And I actually... Um, I, don't, I don't remember anymore in life whether it's conversations with you or like podcasts i've listened to but i was he- hearing or talking about 
the fact that actors can't share the same name. No, yeah, that's um, a rule if you want to join either Equity, which is yeah. the British Acting Guild, uh, acting, acting Union, or the Screen Actors Guild in America. I think that's the uh, equivalent. Yeah, and anyone um, in that union like can't have the same name, so there'll just be people rocking up with really normal names that it's just like, yeah, it can't happen anymore. Yeah, and there's like a couple of really famous examples where... Um, some actress and actresses will join and find out that even though there's no known actor like around now with their name was like a producer mm. who's like did like one film in the 1970s who has their name and uh, the rules, right, they can yeah. no longer use it because it's to avoid confusion in the industry yes yeah but that's when you get all those great stories of actors being told to change their name and the best one is keanu reeves because have you ever heard what um name keanu reeves got advised to change to Oh, yeah, that's it, because we were talking about this on stream, weren't we? Yeah. I think that's where I've heard this, like, this week. Oh, God, life gets jumbled up, people. But go on, Carl, tell the people. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm trying to find it. Oh, you're trying to find his name? Yeah, I'm trying to find this thing. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, so when Keanu Reeves was a young actor in Hollywood, um, he was told that your name sounds too weird. It doesn't sound American enough. (laughs) <laughs> and bear in mind Keanu Reeves' name is fucking Hawaiian <laughs> so like, you can't get more American than that can you he's like fucking Hawaii and I think it means something like waterfall like breeze that goes over a waterfall or something cool <sighs> like that yeah but his agent wanted to change his name to Chuck Spadina <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like such a shit name mm-hmm. it's like oh why would you change it to fucking Chuck Spadina why I don't. Like, would you watch his movies? It sounds like he's the star of a really bad 80s sitcom. Uh, it's the kind uh, of name. Starring Chuck Spadina. It's like a name you'd make up. Yeah. It's like a comedy spoof name. God, that's bad. I'm glad he didn't take that piece of advice. I'm glad that he took, like, um, uh, like just Chuck Spadina. What? No one would want him, would they? No, <laughs> but there's like a couple of like really famous ones though. It's like uh, my Elton. I've got a list of them up now. Oh, Elton okay. John, that's his stage name. Do you want to take a guess at what his real name is? I can't remember. I know I've heard this one before, but I've, it... <laughs> it's Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like could that be a posher sounding name? <laughs> yeah. uh, you got Wahine Phoenix. His name Wahine Raphael Bottom. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Shout out to Joaquin Phoenix, though, because Jenna and I were watching Gladiator the other night, and he is fucking phenomenal in that movie. Oh, he's so good. I just, I know that he's not a dickhead, but I watch it, and I'm like, oh, I hate you so like, much yeah, right now. He's apparently a super nice guy. My favourite, like, we've got, uh, as I said, we've got a list of names, uh, actors who changed there. Nicolas Cage, his name is Nicholas Kim Coppola. Uh, he is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, who directed like The Godfather and Armageddon, I think. So a really big name in Hollywood. And, Ke- and not Keanu Reeves, Nick Cage changed his name because he didn't want um, to get acting gigs because people associated him with his uncle. He because of nepotism, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to make it on his own. Mm-hmm. And he only ever appeared in one movie under his real name. It's like, that's actually super fucking humble and cool. I really respect that because the first thing I thought when you said his uncle was famous in Hollywood was... Oh, so that's how Nick Cage got into Hollywood? No, he actively changed his name so that um, he would be hired on his own merits instead of people just, like, you know, nepotism, like you said. 
Yeah. And he even took the name Cage because of Luke Cage, the comic character, because he's a fucking nerd. <laughs> what? What a nerd. What a hero. Oh my God, Lucas, do you know what Michael Caine's is? No. <laughs> it's Michael Caine. He sounds so fucking cockney, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, his name is Maurice Joseph Micklewhite. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so shit. That's awful. And oh. I can't help but feel a lot of actors change their name to sound less posh because no one likes them. Like, when of you course, said got a posh if name, you it's... told me that was his name, I'd be like, what a posh prick. It's like, here, we've got Lana Del Rey. Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. I wouldn't give her a, like, a fucking drop of my money. No, Vin Diesel. Like, the manliest sounding fucking name ever. <laughs> Mark, Mark Sinclair Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Vin Diesel. What a hero. <laughs> Just busy getting a... high and making Instagram videos all day, every day. <laughs> oh, like, Brad Pitt is uh, William Bradley Pitt. Oh, okay. So I don't mind, but it's just like when you've got stuff like, oh yeah, what's Michael Caine's name? Like, Maurice Middleweight. <laughs> it sounds so bad. It does. Oh, especially as well when they change it to something that sounds cooler. So you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to change your name. It sounds sound cooler. Mm. Like, you've got to keep your old shit name. Yeah. Oh, God, though. Like, imagine just Michael Caine trying to pretend he's a struggling actor with that fucking... With his real name. Well, it's like Kid Rock. Like, uh, let's find out what's Kid Rock's real name. Because you know, he goes for, like, you know, the, the rockabilly, um, uh, like, life... And he puts himself as, like, a man of the people. Oh, like, right, yeah, d- yeah. Like, he's a dirty, down-to-earth, like, rock and roll star who's just like you. He was mm. born Robert James Ritchie. Oh, my God. And he grew up in a fucking mansion. <laughs> He's like, God damn it. I like this one, though. Whoopi Goldberg, her real name is Karen Elaine Johnson. And she changed, she changed her name to Whoopi Goldberg because she farted all the time on stage. This is real. This is a real story. <laughs> and so people called her Whoopi Goldberg because she farted all the time. She's like, yeah, fuck it. I own it now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube. This is a great story. This um, Ice Cube. Um, O'Shea Wait, Jackson. Call. Ice Cube isn't his real name. No, but he got his stage name because his brother uh, said he was too cool for his age and he used to put him in the freezer and said, now you're an Ice Cube. <laughs> and Ice Cube says, and now I'm a multi-millionaire rapper. How would you like that, Clarence? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Michael Keaton. He was called Michael Douglas. So we had to change it. Like we talked oh, about. okay. Yeah, yeah. Can't have two Michael Douglases rocking about. And it's kind of weird, like, as much as it sounds silly, that does avoid a lot of confusion, unlike the Ian Watkins case, and it it is kind of weird that um, it's not a more common practice in entertainment. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've got to have a stage name. There's a lot of people think I my, my name's not real. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see I, that I've quite talk- a lot. I've talked about it on the podcast before, where it's um, uh, when I first started writing, I was asked, well, what do you want your byline to be? And um, the editor at the time said, look, you've got an interesting name. Mm-hmm. Probably just write under your own name as long as you don't plan on getting another job. Yeah, yeah. Because if people Google you, they'll find these articles and there's a lot of dick jokes in them. So I just like um, just thought I'll write under my own name and I'd kept that as I went forward. But yeah, a bunch of people think it's um, uh, a made-up um, writing pseudonym. And that's why uh, I do the opposite of I can't use my name because I remember as a teenager Googling like, 
Luke or Lucas Holland comes up with just two already successful people, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm not no. trying to compete then. It's like, oh. they can have it. Albert Brooks, who's a comedy filmmaker, his name was Albert Einstein. wonder why he changed his. Oh, wow. Who named the kid Albert if your last name's Einstein? The thing that I like, though, is um, some of the people who've got even cooler names than they have in real life. Like 50 Cent, like stage name, is not as cool as Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson is such a manly fucking yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Has just a sense of authority about it. It just sounds so fucking sick. I love it. It's like one of the most powerful names. Yeah. <laughs> of just Curtis Jackson. Oh, God. And that's just like... What, what is 50 Cent doing nowadays, Carl? Whatever he wants. He bought vitamin water and sold it for a billion dollars like 10 years ago. Bought vitamin water? Yeah, he owned vitamin water and he name dropped it in a bunch of his own songs. So he got popular and then sold it for a billion dollars. What? Some water called vitamin water. That's the brand. Vit- yeah, vitamin water. You've never seen it? It's like the, they come in the really bright, colourful bottles. It's basically just melted Skittles. Oh, no. I don't think, yeah. I don't think so. If you Google it, you know it. You've probably seen it on store shelves. It was really popular for a bit. He bought that and then sold it for a billion dollars. And then I think he got paid for an album in Bitcoin. Forgot that he'd been paid in Bitcoin and then found out when Bitcoin was in the news again. When he asked his <laughs> accountant, what's Bitcoin? Like, well, you've already got a bunch of it. You were paid for it for an album a couple of years ago. It's worth like $200 million now. It's like, oh, sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, a- I do know which water you mean, yeah. Also, as well, um, just put it out there, Jackie Chan's original name was um, Pow Pow Chan. His real name's Pow Pow Chan? Pow Pow Chan. That's According awesome. According to this, anyway. It doesn't sound as, like, um, just um, succinct as Jackie Chan. But Pow Pow Chan sounds like the name that's made up for some one star in action movies. Yeah, Pow Pow Chan. Maybe that's not how it's pronounced, but yeah, I fucking love it. Oh, I-, I love, like, pseudonyms that are really shit. <laughs> yeah. Or people just like changing their name because like someone like Michael keep I know Michael uh, Michael Caine where his name just sounds so posh mm-hmm. and he's just looking he's like you are so, that's such a posh name why you sound so posh Michael uh, <laughs> I don't like it and it's funny because I guess like he's pretty much known for just having the harshest Cockney accent he does yeah but he's got this really um, posh name I do like Michael Caine though there's a great story about him fuck it let's go um, where he starting Jaws four. And like Jaws 4 sucks ass because it's Jaws 4. <laughs> and whenever Michael Caine's asked about it, he says the same thing. And he goes, um, by all accounts, I, I've not seen the movie, but by all accounts, it's terrible. I have, however, seen the house that it bought and it's quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you go, Michael Caine. You get that Jaws 4 money. Yeah. You get paid for starring in that shit movie. Speaking of which, we can combine our Christmas-like talk and talk of terrible movies into what I did this week, which was, I have gotten into a new cinematic universe. And that is the Nativity Cinematic <laughs> Universe. And Lucas, you have seen Nativity 1, is it? I've seen Nativity 1 and 2. And you said your girlfriend's a fan? Uh, yeah, but we haven't watched past the second one. And you're going to break up soon, I, I presume. Because, <laughs> God, I, I need to decide. So I'm going to just very quickly bring up um, uh, the Wikipedia page for Nativity, just so we can all be on the same page with the plot. And then I'm going to start to talk about why this film sucks ass. Because <laughs> the reason I watched this film is because um, uh, whenever I scroll on Netflix, yeah, uh, as you do, 
Mm. Whenever this film would pop up in a thumbnail form, my girlfriend would audibly say, fuck that movie, and then get mad until I scrolled across. <laughs> I, the mere sight of this movie physically annoys her because she hates it that much. So, of course, I'm like, well, we need to watch it. Oh, God. Did you make like, her watch it? Yeah, I made her watch it with me. <laughs> oh, no, uh, The thing is, I was I was playing my Switch and had it on the background. She made me stop playing my Switch. Like, Carl, if you're watching this movie, you need to watch this movie. <laughs> so, if you you're going to make me sit through this, you've got to do it too. And I've decided that before Christmas this year, we need to watch all of them. How many are there? There's four. Oh, fucking hell. So, here we go. Nativity, exclamation point, is a 2009 British Christmas musical and comedy film. I think comedy here should be in big quotation marks, but directed by Debbie Izzett, released on the 27th November 2009. It's the first installment of the Nativity Film Cinematic Universe. It stars Martin Freeman and Ashley Jensen, and it was written by its director. Oh, okay. It was also partially improvised, which you can tell because they're the least funny parts of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, It was followed up by Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger, Nativity 3, Dude, Where's My Donkey, and Nativity 4, Nativity Rocks. Nativity 3, Dude, Where's My Donkey? Mate, shut up. I, I've not seen it yet, so I can't comment on its man. quality, but I've seen the second one, and it's two hours long. It, it's a long film. It's so long. Like we, Me and my girlfriend were watching it, and we got to like the hour mark. And went, we must be getting near the end. It just, and we looked every and went, time you think they're going to get to the end, they, it just oh, it keeps going. It keeps going. Right. We're going to start with Nativity 1, and the plot is as follows. Uh, Paul Madden is a teacher at St. Bernadette's Catholic Primary School in Coventry. Paul once had ambitions of being a successful actor, producer, or director. Every year, St. Bernadette's competes with Oakmore, a local Protestant private school, to see who can produce the best nativity play. Paul hates Christmas because his girlfriend at drama school broke up with him at Christmas. The head teacher, Mrs. Bevans, tasking with running their nativity play this year and gives him a new teaching assistant named Mr. Poppy, who turns out to be more of a child than the student. And this fucking plot summary is like a novel. So I'm thinking <laughs> Debbie is it wrote herself. Because showing you like, this is a film, like the reception part is literally, there isn't one. Oh. The production is one sentence long and so is the box office. The plot is the entire plot. Holy shit. So I'm just going to like, you know, sum it up and just say, uh, Mr. Poppy is like more of a child than the children and they put on a nativity play. And what happens is, um, Paul... Uh, played by Martin Freeman, gets into a, like, a heated argument with the rival from the posher school yep. um, and tells a big fib. He tells the fib of, well, yeah, my girlfriend, uh, my ex-girlfriend is a producer in Hollywood. She's mm-hmm. going to bring some Hollywood people to the production. And then Mr. Poppy hears this and tells everybody in the town <laughs> yeah. that they are in that Hollywood is coming to this production. And like and by the I'll, next morning, it's on the news and everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's like national news because yeah. apparently that's all people give a shit about. And uh, or like local news at the very least, like it's the front mm-hmm. of the paper. Yeah. And as you might imagine, folks, though, shenanigans ensue. But something I need to clarify about this film is like, if this had been, like, you can see this being a very generic but competent, um, what, what is it now, Hallmark movie. Yes, yeah. And one of the things that this film does, it stars a lot of kids from... Um, Britain's Got Talent which is like uh, there's an American equivalent it's like just here are like the kid acts mm-hmm. from that year and they're in this film and you can see in the hands of a more competent filmmaker not called Debbie is it 
<laughs> where you would have like the scene of because it's like oh this school doesn't have a lot of money none of our kids are really trained in drama the school we're competing against like they have all the money they have yeah, like yeah. you know a professional drama coach they always put on these big extravagant performances you'd have like the uh, Mighty Ducks thing of it's a ragtag plucky group of kids mm-hmm. and maybe you'd have like scenes where one kid's like well I can't really sing that well I can dance though, and he goes, well, and then we'll dance. And then you maybe have the scene like you know, the gruff kid who can sing, yeah. and they find that he can, they go, or a kid who's like maybe not too confident, and they find their voice. Instead, they literally have half an hour of just footage of real kids from a school just standing in front of the camera, just mugging for the camera. <laughs> and I can only imagine they got a tax break for filming at this school and just film for a day and let kids standing in front of the camera and just do whatever they want. As they cut to Martin Freeman, very clearly not in that scene, just reacting. Yeah, just putting his head in his hands like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, it is cripplingly unfunny. It's so unfunny that it hurts. Mm. Like, there is not a single scene of like any child. And it made me appreciate actual child actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like, I, I do not kid when I say this is the quality of, like, someone made this on their iPhone <laughs> in terms of the acting quality. Like, it looks like... The acting got quality of the children, especially, yeah. Yeah, uh, they are, like, just children in a school who, like, as well, I was looking at in scenes, they all look at the camera in every scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kids are constantly looking at the camera because they're clearly not actors. They're actual kids, and they're filming in a real school. Mm-hmm. And they were told, like, you'll get a tenner if you come in for this day. And they're looking directly at the camera, and it's so <laughs> unfunny. That's the thing is, um, I don't mind the film overall, but I can't say I've laughed at it. No. And the reason I dislike it so much and the reason my girlfriend dislikes it so much is because Mr. Poppy is the worst character in anything. (laughs) Because it turns out that he gets the job because his um, auntie is the school's head teacher. He has no qualifications as a teacher. Yeah, nepotism, yeah. Nepotism is great, isn't it? We just talked about that. He's no no Nick Cage, that's for sure. (laughs) Neither Either in acting ability... Or his um, uh, just, you know, general screen presence. And the way I'm going to sum up Mr. Poppy is the actor who plays him. Let's have a look here. We can get the actor here. Da, 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 da. Mark oh, okay. Newton. Um, to sum up how much of an annoying like, this actor is, um, his only other notable like TV or film role before this was playing a guy in a short-lived Channel 4 like uh, prank show where you would have to claim that a... Mark Wooten, this guy, was your new best friend while he would act like an obnoxious prick. Oh, that wow, was, that sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah, it sounds great. Doesn't it? So you can tell it was cancelled after one season, and that's basically... <laughs> the, and he is a character comedian, and his character is just excitable knobhead. Yeah. And all he does throughout the film is say, look, kids, do you want to go to, like, the fair today? Mm-hmm. And Martin Freeman, who's a teacher, like, no, we need to do English. And then he goes, you're no fun. And then he just takes the kids out of the classroom without permission. And then goes, it's like, what are you doing? You can't do this. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Just, oh, I guess we've got to have this character that bonds with the children and makes the old grumpy man seem old and grumpy. But the thing is, the old grumpy man is completely right in every scene he's in. He's a fucking teacher. He's there to teach them. And the, what gets me is, like, Mr. Poppy is the reason that all of this, all the problems in the film happen. Yeah. 
Like, he's the one. Like, yeah, admittedly, Martin Freeman's character, he tells a little white lie, but that's so to save face. He does it for his, like, his ego, which is not a good thing. No. But, like, he told that lie to, like, you know, in, in private with a conversation. Mr. Poppet overhears it, and he makes it the biggest deal in the town. Mm-hmm. And then later in the film, Mr. Poppy goes and tells somebody else that it was a lie. And you see the person turn, like it's another teacher in the school go, I can't believe you tell a lie like this. How could you let it get this out of hand? It's like, I didn't do that. <laughs> he did. And he never gets called out for it. Of course not, no. Because he's, he's just like, a child that says whatever he wants. And then like you go to this second film and Martin Freeman's character is no longer in it because Martin Freeman's too busy making the fucking Hobbit. Well, that's the thing is you can tell when this was filmed because it was just before Martin Freeman, literally like the movie says, went off to Hollywood. <laughs> and they have a bit in it where, um, again, like this one's got David Tennant in it. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. You're like, they've got some big actors. Like, they did, yeah. And David Tennant's character, he's the same character that Martin Freeman's character is. And mm-hmm. they get stuck and lost in the Welsh wilderness. And what happens is, like, Mark, like David Tennant's character managed to call home because his wife is pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, honey, are you okay? And, like, the teacher like, gets the phone out of the hand and says to him, I can't believe that you did this. It's like, your fucking nephew did it. You know this because this <laughs> happened last year. It did, yeah. But, and I got so mad. And then like, um, they essentially, or not so essentially, they just kidnap David Tennant. They do, yeah. Um, and I remember like the bit where like David Tennant is like driving a bus to the uh, the nativity again. Yeah. And he he mentions, look, my wife is pregnant. I need to have my phone on me because she is heavily pregnant and something could go wrong at any point. Yeah. And Mr. Pop is like, well, that's no fun. You can't spend all day looking at your phone and throws his phone out the window. <laughs> and I stood and I went, if someone did that to me, I would fucking like punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife is pregnant. And then like, he just go, and then he goes and sulks in the corner of like, why is he being so mean to me? It's like, maybe because you threw his phone out the window. Like <laughs> his 200 pound smartphone when he told you his wife is pregnant and he's like, no, he's being constant contact with him. That's the thing because um, she is heavily pregnant to the point where on that same day, she <laughs> arrives at the competition they're trying to get to and gives birth. Yeah, and then you have like a bit later in the film where we need to get across this literal mountain that's in our way. Mm-hmm. And they get to the top and Matt and David Tennant's character's like, oh, I know we're jumping ahead to Nativity 2, so hopefully folks at home can follow the incredibly cerebral storyline. <laughs> I, he, he says, look, we've got like 30 kids with us. We can't make it down this like sheer cliff. We, in, fact, in fact, we shouldn't even be stood next to this cliff. It's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Poppy goes, but I've got a rope. Maybe we can lower the children down one by one. And they actually do it. <laughs> they lower the kids down one by one on their own. They leave like 30 children at the bottom of a cliff on yeah. their own. And one of the kids gets stuck. Yep. And then I just like, that scene happens. I'm like, I can't believe like, this is the plot I'm looking at. And then when one of the kids gets stuck, Mr. Poppy looks at David Tennant and goes, well, I guess you'll have to go down and rescue him. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean I've got to go down? This is your idea. And then the only way that gets resolved is that David Tennant reaches the child stuck, is also stuck, and Mountain Rescue have to come and get them. Yeah, and they're all cheering like, yay, look, we say we rescued. It's like, we shouldn't need to be rescued. <laughs> I, was, I was so mad. I was so... And then they get, in the second one, they get to the nativity play, and it's very obviously that, like, 
Uh, there's a concept in filmmaking. It's known as shoot the rodeo. Have you heard about this? Are you familiar with it, Tom? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so shoot the rodeo is a, a term used to describe when um, a film very clearly just uses B-roll to pad the runtime by filming something that happened in the area, like a rodeo. Hence the term shoot the rodeo. So it's an right. old thing in like old shitty B-movies where they would just like film like a race or a rodeo or like a talent contest or something like that and then put that footage into the film to pad it for length. Mm-hmm. And Nativity is very clearly an example of that because the like the last forty five minutes of the film are just really crap variety acts singing really bad Christmas songs. Yeah, unedited, really inappropriate songs yeah. as well, including a rap number by fifteen year olds, uh, by everyone from like a twelve year old to fifteen year old mm-hmm. singing about how they want to have sex with fairies. Yeah, and there's a line along the lines of. I want you to ride my fairy wings or I need to ride your fairy wings. Sung by like a 12-year-old girl. And, and like, then there's is- another one where it's like one um, one guy and what, five um, teenage girls all dressed up like sexy Santas. And it's like, all I want for Christmas is presents. And it's, I'm surprised. Oh my God. I'm surprised. And the thing is, we should put out all the songs were written by Debbie Izzard. And oh, okay. The, the song that kids sing sounds suspiciously like All I Want for Christmas is You. To the point Ridiculously where, so, yeah. To the point where I'm surprised they didn't get sued. I am too, yeah. Like, that's how close this like song is in its tune and its like content. And it's like, you are this close to... Like, the only reason you're not being sued by Mariah Carey is because she has no idea what this film is. To the point where you could have told me it was a parody song and I'd have been like, yeah. No, it's an original song written by Debbie, is it? Mm-hmm. And my favourite thing is I looked up this lady afterwards, like, I need to know everything about her. <laughs> and she has, gives interviews talking about how, yeah, I've had America sniffing around, trying to make an American version of the film, but I want to keep it true to its British origin. It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> like, that is, like, so not true. This is not a thing. Like, oh, these are very obvious, like, cash grabs where you just take acts from Britain's Got Talent that year and build a loose narrative around it. Yeah, because I should have known, but I didn't realise until you told me that these were just failed acts ripped from Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, and they do their exact same performance. And I was like, yeah, and, of course uh, they are. And there's also, like, in the second one, it's very obviously, like, someone paid to have their thing in there because, oh, we need to get to Wales. How will we get to Wales? And, like, the entire film is basically an advert for Wales. <laughs> and it's like, how will we possibly get to Wales? And then Mr. Poppy turns up in a bus... That has literal advertising marquee on it. Uh, for like the London Duck Tours, isn't it? Which is a, a bus that travels on the water. Yeah. And it's like, why does he have this bus? It's never explained why he just randomly has a London Duck Bus Tour bus. And why it has... And it's obvious that the company just paid to have their thing in the film. Yeah. Because like three, like a quarter of the film is spent just with them in this bus with all the branding very clearly in shot. In shot. And then, of course, they had to have a shot where they it take goes. it out onto a lake. Yeah, and then they find a donkey that they steal. Oh, yeah, they and just then, steal a donkey. Yeah, And then they have another bit where it's like, oh, how are we going to get? Like, the place is downriver, but we're never going to be able to get down this, this raging rapid. And they look, and there's just some boats. They and send they st- a baby down river rapids. Uh, also, yeah, as well, they kidnap a baby. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, they kidnap a baby. A, yeah. a baby that Mr. Poppy loses. 
<laughs> and then when he gets it back, throws it into the air like eight feet. And there's like a scene where he, he rolls down a hill with the baby in his arms and it's very obviously like a, a dummy baby and you can see his head turn all the way around. <laughs> and it's great. But like, just and then it's like, what are these boats doing here? And then they have like advertising, like glamour shots of all the people going down the boat, down the river in the boat, having a great time, cheering and singing. It's like, this is an advert for whatever the fuck this is. This is like a tourism video for Wales. <laughs> yeah. And it still looks shit. Oh God! And I think I um <clears throat> oh dear, I experienced these films in what I think is like a very good way of I was just playing Destiny two while they were on in the background. Yeah, um, as I said, my girlfriend did not let me play Hades <laughs> in the background. We had to watch them, and now it's like we well, committed. to be fair, I agree with it. If you made her watch a film she doesn't like, you've got to suffer through to Carl. But I, I am folks at home, bottom of the barrel, lowest commenting. Like it does not begin to cover how like cobbled together this film is like how bad it is in terms of like the production quality it looks like they filmed it in an afternoon that's the thing is i didn't mind the first one because you know you get one and then the second one and it was just worse it's like oh no no and it's then i found ad- out there's four of them and it's like no no it's stop. just advertising they are just yes. like it is like the producer's level as mm. we want to like slap an ad for this shitty bus tour company into people's eyeballs for 40 minutes. And uh, one of the things, though, that I'm really glad about this film, or I'm glad that it made me do it, is me and my girlfriend were looking up the actors in the film mm-hmm. uh, because they talk, like, almost all the kids are just played by either regular kids. You, I think as well, they're all, like, people on the production's kids. So, like, nepotism, oh, knows, yeah. no, nepotism knows no bounds again. But <laughs> all the ones who are from Britain's Got Talent, this led us to looking at, like, where are they now? For Britain's Got Talent, which led us to an amazing story about a little boy who was on Britain's Got Talent a couple of years ago, and he was a breakdancer. And he's a very talented breakdancer. He got like, to, like the quarterfinals or something like that, and then kind of like dropped off the edge of the earth. Yeah. And it turns out that this kid like had to get a hair transplant when he was 20 years old <laughs> because he did so many head spins while breakdancing. I respect it. <laughs> he's just, and I'm really sad that I didn't say this for right now because I... I mentioned it on stream, and your reaction was so fucking good to learning that. <laughs> like, you broke down for about five minutes when I told you this I story. did, yeah. Just the oh. idea that he lost his hair by do, do, doing too many head spins. <laughs> it's like, oh. at some point, just stop spinning on your head. Oh, God, just please. But no, I. to be fair, it's a better excuse than, like, Oh, I'm just going bold. I will always though, respect Wayne Rooney, the footballer, for when he got a hair transplant. And when someone yeah. asked him, Wayne Rooney, did you get a hair transplant? He went, yeah, I went bald at 16 and I'm a millionaire. Of course I got one. <laughs> yeah. And the first thing he did when he got his hair transplant and was playing again was did a diving header to score a goal. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, didn't he celebrate, like, tapping his head? Yeah, he tapped his head like, ah, yeah. got that extra height and a... Oh, God, I remember that. And to be fair, if you're going bald and you've got millions of pounds, I'd fucking get a hair transplant. I do not blame anyone for doing it if they've got the money. Yeah, it's like... And as well, the fact that he admitted it. Like, yeah. Straight up, he's like, yeah, I got a hair transplant. Like, mm-hmm. I was I went bald at a young age and it made me self-conscious. I had the money to fix it. Because it's when people get it done and they don't Everybody made fun of him for being bald. So no wonder he got a hair transplant. And then people make fun of him for having a hair transplant. Yeah. And it's like... 
as long as you just admit to having like you know the plastic surgery, there's no problem. It's like Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. I love Dolly Parton for like, how honest she is about it. Like one of um, she calls herself like the plastic Barbie or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh no, it's um, uh, the rhinestone Barbie because she's <laughs> half plastic. <laughs> and she admits it. It's like, yeah, of course yeah. I've got loads of plastic surgery done. I've got the fucking workmen in. They put a scaffolding on our tits and like started like, you know, working her face. <laughs> I just find it just so incredible when you see those celebrities that they can't move their face anymore and they deny they've had any work done. It's incredible. It's like, just admit it. It's like, the weirdest one is Gordon Ramsay because he's very clearly had work done because like, he looked about 50 when he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way I've always heard Gordon Ramsay described, that cracks me up, is you could hide a deck of cards in his face. He's just got so <laughs> many wrinkles on his face. He's so angry. He's like, he just look. his forehead is so smooth now. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that reminds me of that legendary picture. Did you ever see the one of when he took a photo with, I think, Kylie Jenner or something like that? Uh, No. I'm going to find it now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it now, but you, you oh. might beat me to it. I'm going to try and find it. Okay, it was Chris Jenner, I think. Yes, Chris Jenner here. And um, she took a photo with Gordon Ramsay to promote her new book. Oh, like, okay. A, a, a cookbook that she's in, like, he helped do it. But and she took a selfie of the moment, and then mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsay's like, press people took one for his like, social media. Oh, yeah. But the one she posted on her social media, I'm going to send a picture now, she put a filter on it. <laughs> so she put a filter on like, the, the Instagram filter. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she just smoothed out Gordon Ramsay's head. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks so bad because Gordon Ramsay is very famous for having a very frowny face. Because of course he, he's one of the most expressive people, and that's that's you know um, I've I got told when I was younger by my my like drama teacher um, a sign of a good actor is like how wrinkly their face is, of how much they use their face and expressions. But I think with Gordon Ramsay he spends all his time frowning. He's that's so what I mean. Off. Yeah, he, he spends so much time frowning and shouting that it must do that to his face. But but the fact she took a selfie and then God. put the fucking filter on it and it doesn't work on Gordon Ramsay. That's he's the too... thing. It works on her, but it doesn't work on Gordon Ramsay because he's is like they're just so ingrained in his face. Yeah, he's so he's got such prominent like uh, frown lines. Of course yeah. he has. He's fucking Scottish and he's a chef. <laughs> he's got a reason to be pissed off, but it's so great and. Reminds me a little bit of because um, I on occasion will take a selfie or record like videos just from my house. Yeah, of course. Of, like yeah. oh, we're like we're content. And one of the comments that always fucking pisses me off is, "Wow, you look really old in this photo." It's like, no, I'm thirty, <laughs> and I've got like fucking like um, uh, laugh lines as well. Like, cause I'm thirty. Yeah. And it just makes me think how many people must just like, how prevalent the idea of just selfies with at least one bit of a filter on there to remove all imperfections from someone's face where I can just take a picture of my own face and have people say, wow, you look so old in this video, in this photo compared to your videos. No, I just don't use filters or Photoshop. Yeah, it's like this is a close-up of my face. It's just how I look in real life. And it's great because every time you see, um, you know, like any celebrity or whatever use the hashtag no filter... Mm. Um, and people see what they look like. It's like, oh my god, I had no idea that's what they actually look like. It's like, oh, you didn't realise they look like normal people too? It's so bad. That's why I love Gordon Ramsay for it. Yeah. Because, like, fuck it. Who gives a shit? He's old. Who cares? What does that one? It's like, yeah, you look so old in this. Like, no, I look 30. Because I'm 30. Exactly. And you're quite. Not well, quite I'm not quite, quite, but I've also had a fucking stressful year. 
Well, it's been a stressful year for us all. I think we've all aged a few years this year. We've all aged. It's like the ones like at the start of lockdown and people saying, oh, Carl looks a bit fat in this. It's like, because I can't exercise anymore, you arsehole. That's the thing. I saw um, it going around um, on Twitter, just, oh, hold up a picture of you now and a year ago. And it's like, why would anyone want to do that? We've all had the shittest year ever. Everybody's just been stressed to fuck, not been able to exercise properly, eating more, drinking more. It's like, nobody's had a good year. No one has. And it's just, oh, fuck. Yeah, that, that gets me that. Like, here's a picture, a picture of my face. Like, and people's first response is, wow, you look shit. It's like, great, thanks. Thank you. It's like um, from Melissa, who does um, cosplay and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, like, every single time she posts, like, a selfie, some guy will go like, and just say, you look fat or something like that. And it's like, no one fucking asked you, arsehole. <laughs> also, <laughs> she definitely doesn't look fat. No, because she's really fucking... I know that she does so much fucking exercise to stay in shape because like mm. her job requires her to be attractive. Exactly, yeah. But like as well, my favourite thing that um, always happens is you just zoom in on the person's face who's saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you really, click on the profile picture. It's like you really feel like you're in a position to um, judge the appearance of a woman. <laughs> and uh, that can bring me to an incredible I saw. Like, it's, it's a tweet that may go down in the annals of Twitter history as, like, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, my God. And it was just a lady, uh, a very nice lady. I, I'm going to forget the name. It's going to piss me off. But I'm, I'll, you know, I'll try and find it to put some respect on her name. Okay, yeah. Just like, you know, it's trying to... Uh, uh, Carl's uh, trying to uh, deep dive into the, the internet yes. again. Yeah, I've done it. I found it. He's found because it. I, because I remember the specific list of... Um, uh, like, Joe, the buzzwords that I needed. Ah, yeah, of course. And here's a pro tip if you're Googling something, folks. If you put something in quotation marks, your Google search results will only show things that contain those exact quotes. Mm-hmm. So I just Google search then Twitter, um, uh, Attractive Computer, and Hinge, which is a dating app or, like, Meet Friends app or something like that. I'm too old and I've got a girlfriend now, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but and this was posted a few days ago, and it's Katie Co. Um, that's at Coco Chanel. That's a pretty good name. Um, on Twitter, uh, so C like C O E C O E Chanel. Um, if you think you are bad at making decisions, take a look at one of my hinge matches who needs an actual computer to tell him whether he finds someone attractive. And it's just a couple of screenshots of a conversation she had with a guy on a dating app. Hmm. And it's just a so you can see the top of the message. Ah ha So not gonna lie. And this is from a guy called Freddy, unnamed except for his first. Like Freddy. Not going to lie, I put a couple of your selfies through that pretty scale website to check if you are actually attractive. Your oh. score was decent, but apparently your forehead is too big. So anyway, do you want to go out next week? <laughs> it's like, Freddy, Freddy, no. We need just, to have some words, Freddy. Just, if it's weird that you did that, but it's weirder that you told the woman about it. It's a lot weirder that you thought it was okay to tell the woman, but... It's very, very strange that you can look at a picture of somebody and not know whether you find that attractive or not. You have to ask an app to tell you. And the thing is as well, like, she's got a picture of herself in a profile picture and she is, like, you know, a very attractive brunette. Yeah. Like, I'd guess in, like, in her 20s or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, I'm not going to... I, I don't even need to know what this Freddy guy looks like. I only need to know that he thinks this is an acceptable thing to do. To know that, he was probably fucking swinging with this girl. Yeah. Don't do that. Because even if he looks all right, his personality is very obviously garbage. So, Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. 
She responds, what the fuck? Why did you do that and then tell me about it? Weird. He responds, I do it for all people I consider dating, just to check that they are scientifically good looking. And I'm not just confused. Like I said, you seem all right. So next week, question mark. What? Lucas, just already, thoughts on Freddy? He's going for the fences, Carl. He's fucking swinging. Yeah. And if people wonder, that's oh. a very British, it's a Britishism. So swinging is just like when a guy is very clearly like hitting above his weight in regards yeah. to the woman he's dating. So that gets like shortened down to just swinging. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that all men are swinging because women are beautiful. Uh, yeah, but obviously you say that as somebody attracted to women. Yeah, like, well, the thing, like, all straight guys are swinging. Uh, I and mean, because- again, like I agree, but that's because we're both straight and find women attractive, not men attractive. So but that's the thing, though. Of like, I don't think I've ever seen a couple where the man is more attractive than a woman. Ever. Oh, I've seen it a few times. But like that thing of like women are beautiful and they put so much effort into making themselves look great, and men are just like sweaty and smelly <laughs> and, and they fart all the time. But anyway, that's like a, a conversation for another day. Like, <laughs> either way, Freddie, mate, no, no, Freddie, don't do this. And uh, she responds, absolutely not. See ya. <laughs> to which he responds, sorry, I didn't mean to offend. I think you're cute. I just like to be sure. What? <laughs> and it's like, Freddie, no. What? Doubling and tripling down, man. It's just like, why did you do this? And that's like, the thing. Even if you like to be sure, is there something fucking wrong with you that you think it's okay to tell the person? Like, are you scientifically attractive? And uh, it's been pointed out in like the replies to this and obviously the uh, and the re- the recollections of it on um, elsewhere on the internet that this like thing is like like low key kind of racist. Because it measures oh, like the you know, how well. Do you mean? Yeah, it, yeah, ah, it, okay. And the idea of measuring people like oh, by like beauty standards because it's you know, Western beauty standards. Oh right, yeah. Like either way, like just don't. Like you can use it for fun to like oh look, I'm like an eight out of ten. But at the same time, don't tell someone that you're like, a prospective dating partner that you're doing this. No, unless you're doing it for fun. That <laughs> would be super weird. And this next part is why this will go down in the annals of Twitter history as like one of the greatest series of screenshots because she just responded with uh, like his result on the website, which is a 0%. And it says, <laughs> you are very ugly. <laughs> and she just puts, I run a photo of you through the website and I'm afraid it's a no. Bye. <laughs> and he, Freddie, for some reason, responds, fuck you, I'm not ugly. You're lost with your spelt wrong. <laughs> and that is just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Of just, how dare you uh, run my selfie through an app that determines my attractiveness and then use that to gauge whether or not you should date me? (laughs) Immediately after he did the exact same thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, how dare you reduce me to a number seven? Like, how dare you do that? Anyway, I ran your selfie through a computer that tells me you're all right. (laughs) That tells me it's okay to try and date you. Oh, God. I don't know why anyone needs a computer to do that. <laughs> just look at a selfie and see if you like her or not. It's exactly. not that fucking It's hard. really not hard, yeah. Just to look at her and go, she looks pretty nice. And I, like, from your conversations, think, I would like to know this person better. <laughs> like, 
I, I use the phrase small dick energy a lot, but micro penis energy. I'm oh yeah, with that totally. One. And the thing is, I know the the world of online dating can be, you know, uh, people bend the truth a little bit. And it is very superficial, but I... It is, but goddamn, this is taking it to another level. Just, mate, all it is, is ask her out on a date, and if if on the first date you go, oh, don't actually find her attractive, you've lost out on, what, like, a couple of hours of your life. Mm-hmm. Risk it for a chocolate biscuit, mate. <laughs> Freddy, why? Freddy. Why, why did Freddy do this? Oh, he was clearly onto a winner with that because they were like arranging a date and like they were like from the conversation you could tell they were in the middle of arranging a meetup and he decided just to drop that for no reason. It's a complete self like a complete own goal on his hat on his part. Oh yeah, the absolute self destruction. And Carl, I want to uh, stick with Twitter for a minute. Okay. Yeah, when sure. I when I clicked over to check Gordon Ramsay's picture. Okay. I just saw like Twitter come back up on my thing because it's uh, in the background, mm-hmm. and it reminded me that it's been eight years since the IKEA monkey was found. <laughs> the IKEA monkey. Oh, that, that feels like it was simultaneously last week and also like the Ice Age. <laughs> yeah. Like, tw- like the internet is so weird for stuff like this and culture is, yeah. and pop culture. Like where I was reminded, Final Fantasy VII remake came out this year. It came yeah. out like six months ago, and it's like, I feel like I played it last year. Because I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about the Game of the, the game of the Year awards, and they were like, oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII's one. Like, oh my god, and they're like, yeah, it came out in April. It's like, oh, did it? It feels like it's been 18 years, God. God, the Ikea monkey was like such a, like, it's a nice time. And if anyone doesn't know, um, December 9th, 2012, there was just an illegal monkey found in Ikea wearing a big fluffy jacket. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's not the fact it was the monkey, it's the fact the monkey was wearing a big bomber jacket. Yeah, he was wearing, like, a tiny monkey-sized giant fur jacket and could barely waddle around. He <laughs> looked like Baby Yoda, that's the thing. It yeah, looks exactly like Baby Yoda. Oh, God. Everyone who's listening, just search for the Ikea monkey. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, did you see, like, the Rockefeller Christmas tree? They just found an owl in it. <laughs> like, they were just, like, transporting it to New York. It's like, there was a fucking owl in this tree. And everyone's like, release the owl. It's like, we can't because we're, like, we're 100 miles away from its, yeah. like, um, natural habitat. Oh, it's just this God. picture of this tiny, angry owl. Like, what have you done? Yeah. Oh, I, will, I want to discuss this more in depth. Would you mind if I just take like one minute to go for a quick bathroom break? Yeah, you go for it. I'm going to just tweet out the picture of this monkey. So I apologise for that, but I was rocking backwards and forwards. Like, I kind of <laughs> need to pee. And I, and I thought while I was like, now taking my break, like, of one of the, like, you know what? I'm just going to send it to you. Okay. You know, let's let's do this. Like, let's just like try and track down some really old school internet content. Oh, okay, yeah. And then just like, I want to. I'm not sure if you'll spot spot this, but this is one of those things that like sticks out in my head so prominently, and I think about it every now and again and just laugh a lot. <laughs> just because of like, I I don't know why it makes me laugh so much. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm gonna send it to you now, Lucas, and just. Describe what it is as you see it, yeah? Yeah, of as, course. As, yeah. as usual, describe to the folks that you see at home. Oh. 
<laughs> this slays me every time I think about it. Oh, God. It's just... Uh, so, a, a tweet from Buffcat, at official Buffcat, and it's every day I think about this Buffcat I encountered last year, and just two pictures of this stonking cat that looks photoshopped. It's that... It's, oh, God, it's so this, buff. This huge, just ridiculously buff cat. Oh, and it's just dear God. every day I think about this massive buff cat. It's, it's so big. It's so wide. And I don't know why <laughs> it cracks me up. And then it just led to shit like this, which which I just adore for how stupid it is. <laughs> and it's the same picture of the buff cat. And the title is just... 15 characters who could defeat Thanos in brackets even with the Infinity Gauntlet yeah, in seconds. Like, so I love those ones that is just like the fake YouTube thumbnails. They really crack me up as well. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like the um, top 10 character, like top 10 anime betray- anime betrayals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like those ones and they're like the fake image from a TV show. Yeah. They crack me up. I like the, the one that like got me is... Um, the top 10 strongest characters in anime, and it's just a really low-res JPEG of that guy from Force Awakens who spins around like the staff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Just something about just how shit shoddily constructed the meme is cracks me up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. So so is there any, like, buff cats uh, tucked away in your memory of just, like, images that really make you giggle Um, when you think about them? I don't know, but, like... Weirdly enough, something internet related that popped into my head not long ago. Okay. I eat a day was I was just petting Cade and just like playing around with him. For reference, Cade is my puppy, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got in my head the Badger Mushroom song. Oh, God. They, that's you, so like, That is so, such a weird thing to pop into my head from like, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, so people do not know. I forget the name of the artist. Is it Weeble stuff? I, I, literally, I do not know. It's a, a YouTube video that my friend showed me in high school one time. I don't know anything about it. And it's a flat, I believe, I'll double check. I can just bring it up now. I'm almost positive it's Weeble. Yeah, it's Mr. Weeble. There we go. Okay. And it's just, like, it's an old school flash animation. It's from 2008, according to this. <laughs> okay. And the song is literally just um, animated flash badger. Dancing to the song, badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. And it's like, do you remember that just era of random being like the king of the internet? I do, like Charlie the Unicorn and shit like that. Yeah, like this guy made a bunch of, he also made like the amazing horse. Oh, okay, Look at my horse, my horse is amazing. And that was it. Oh, God. That was a weird time. Like the Narwhal one as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that era of YouTube was just like... Uh, just a, lol. Random. Do you know what it is? It's the internet equivalent of the 90s in regards to pop culture. Mm. Do you know what they always like, say? Like, night, the 90s has some good stuff in it, but it's all really cringy to look back on. Yeah, yeah. Because it had not quite... Like, some things have just not quite found their footing yet. That's what, like, early 2000s internet was. Mm-hmm. Like, the 2000s to the 2010. Oh, God. It's a weird, weird time of the internet. Oh, man. The worst part is as well, I'm on this guy's profile now. 
Oh yeah, like he, like he's still uploading stuff. Of course he is, Carl. Like Badger, 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 the Badger song has twelve, uh, twelve million views. His latest thing, which is Mr. Weevil's Advent Colander, Santa Mango, released a few days ago, has six thousand views. Of course, yeah. And it's like, and he has 905,000 subscribers. It's like, at that point, just fucking give up. This is exactly what we refer to when we talk about the content creators that just struggle to keep it relevant. Yeah. Just really grasp onto those last little bits. The the dregs of the success that they had. Yeah. Because it's just, like, even going back, like, two years ago, like, his stuff's getting, like, 40,000 views, which is a lot. It's impressive, admittedly, but like when you think, like ten years ago, he was getting like fifty million hits on some of his things. Yeah, yeah. It's like the last big hit he had was like three years ago, and it's just a CGI horse. And it's the is apparently it seemingly just keeps making the exact same thing. Yes, yeah. He's trying to recapture that thing of just annoying random song, and it's not working. No. And now it's all about. Well, to be fair, I say now five years ago now. Because that's about how caught I am on, like you know, internet culture. Mm-hmm. Is just all the things like the animated Minecraft songs and shit like that. Oh god, no! Like, do you remember that era a few years back when yeah. just every song had the Minecraft parody animated version? I also remember as well if you try to look for a song and you'd never be able to get the original song, you'd always get someone playing it on Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah. Like, you would, you'd always get someone playing on fucking Guitar Hero with, like, the really awful Guitar Hero clickety-clack in the background. You're like, God damn it! Have you ever seen the ones, though, where it's not people playing Guitar Hero songs, it's robots playing Guitar Hero songs perfectly? So there's absolutely no reason to bother watching it? Yeah, because it's, it's just, just this, this robot with five little prongs just like... It's like, okay, great. Great. And he's like, oh, but he can perfectly play like through the fire and flames. It's like, well, of course he can. It's a fucking robot. <laughs> you literally engineered it to do that one thing perfectly. And then it's like, oh, and you, you look at it. You know what? Let's find that now. Okay, yeah. Like, Guitar Hero 3. Oh, do you know what? I try to search for Guitar Hero, and the first like suggested is Guitar Hero through the fire and flames, expert 100%. <laughs> That's the suggested one. And cool. you can look here, and there are... These are all from like several months ago. Months ago? No, sorry, uh, years ago. Sorry, like eight. Oh, I was going to say um, five years ago, and they've all got millions and millions of views. Yeah, because of course they have. But it's like, but like you think if you release that today, it would not get half as much um, uh, groundswell. I mean, definitely because not because Guitar Hero is not popular anymore. It isn't no, and like, you know what? One of the people is called Guitar Hero Phenom. <laughs> and, I'm ass- and I'm assuming that, like, his whole thing was playing Guitar Hero. Yeah. Uh, his last upload was four months ago. Oh, my God. Um, and he just uploads... He uploads some Guitar Hero stuff, two hours. Yeah, he's still playing Guitar Hero. Wow, that's dedication. He's still playing Guitar Hero. And they're getting, like, 1,000 views, 2,000 views. And that's, I mean, like... It, that's just sad, because, like, his other ones are, like, getting, like, 5 million. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. And this must be, like, a really weird thing to deal with. Mm. Of, like, going from, like, that level of just, like, unprecedented, phenomenal success. Yes. And then to come back and it's like, you release doing the exact same thing and then no one gives a shit anymore because, like, the internet's moved on. And you you see in all forms of media, don't you? Just 
J.K. Rowling trying to struggle to find her next big hit and one hit wonders in music and it just happens everywhere. We talked about one of the start of this piece, like that's the better way to do it of just you write your one hit and then just fucking coast off it for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh god. And the and last and thing is well. obviously uh Oh sorry. You you can continue with success, but when it goes from I'm getting five million views on these videos to I'm getting three thousand, it's Ugh. it's painful like, to watch it happen and you're getting like one percent of your previous views and like the thing is he's still uploading like oh uh, me through the fire and the flames um one-handed um full combo attempts oh my god one thousand views and so the even... pain that you're putting through yourself through at that point to get one thousand views it's really not worth it the thing is well he's got all the videos of him playing the guitar mm-hmm. like the actual guitar like jordan like, or by Buckethead, one of like, the most difficult songs to play on the guitar. And in Guitar Hero, so that's probably why he did it. Yeah. And he has like a video of that and got like 70,000 views. Like, why don't you just upload content and you're doing that? Like, clearly you're a very talented <laughs> guitar player. Yeah. Just play the fucking guitar. That's way more impressive. And it hasn't aged as poorly as Guitar Hero videos. Because are. people will always look up like, oh, this is a cool cover of a song. But like, I just feel bad for the dude. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you just go back like eight years ago and it's like yeah, millions and millions of views on his stuff. And to clarify, I am a person who still plays rock band. Like I have rock band four, and still have my rock band equipment and stuff. Like I don't think playing those games is a bad thing. But tr- trying to gain YouTube success from Guitar Hero in this day and age is is just not happening. It's like the guy's super fucking good at guitar. There's like videos of him playing the drums and everything. Yeah, like he's a super talented musician. Lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> Pivot, pivot. Unless, you know what, he might be doing that now, we don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, so there's a lot of, like, random videos here of him, like, just, like, holiday videos. Oh, God, no. Separate that shit. But it's when you get back to, like, eight years ago. So Mm. this is where his Guitar Hero stuff was. It's, like, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. And it's, like, always, it's the full combo stuff. So Mm. you've got 900,000 views, 10 million views. uh, 200,000 views. And it's like, mm. that's the shit you should, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a strange rabbit hole that was. I hope <laughs> that guy's doing okay. I hope so. He's a very talented guy. More talented than I am. You know? Yeah. I don't do anything. Oh, God. I suck at everything, man. I mean, you don't, but it's always one of those things. If it's fun to, like, be modest about it. Oh man, speaking of just shit that died a death and is not funny anymore. Um, still, even though I say every time I see it pop up, like I'm not interested, I get suggested lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax to. All the time. So like I don't care. I've, I think at one point even said, please don't suggest this to me anymore. And then six months later is back. And then there was all like the meme ones of that, of like the Doom one. Oh, like, yeah, lo- yeah. Lo-fi, uh, lo-fi doom beats to rip and tear to. It's like, this is not funny. And there was, like, the Animal Crossing one where it's just yeah. um, Animal Crossing songs to chill to. And it's like, okay, okay, I see you. But, oh, man. That's that's um, even worse, isn't it, when you are trying to capitalise on another YouTube channel's success and just, you know what, I'm going to parody it or I'm going to do slightly different things. 
Well, that's the one where it's um, that existed for like a good three or four years, I think. It just got really big out of nowhere. It's one of those things where like, the algorithm smiled on it one day. Exactly, yeah. And just the person just left it up and they make money. I'm presuming they must make money from it. Oh, I'm sure they do, yeah. We should get a lot of stuff like that on the internet where um, uh, you may not be able to like, monetize it directly, but you want if you've got that much attention on you, you can turn that into money. Yeah. And we can use that to... Dis- um, Speaking of like, you know, internet success, grabbing hold of success when you have it, and then, you know, being um, just realistic with Worst what you can do with taken said time. success. Let's talk, do you hear the story about the guy who mixes paint on TikTok? I've watched one video of it, and I did, like, this is the guy that got fired, isn't it? Yes, so we'll talk about this story now. So, do, 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 I'm just going to go on to the news, because presumably it's like the last big news story. Yes, perfect. So I just want to get the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a, this is a really interesting story, and it's just it just highlights like a lot of the things we've just been discussing of like um, capitalizing on success and knowing like you know your audience and the reach that you have mm-hmm. and being realistic with it. So this is a so college student. His uh, chat. So Tony um, Pilosino. So, uh, so Tony Pilosino has put some respect on his name. Mm-hmm. He's a college student who worked part time at Sherwin Williams in Ohio. And one of the things that he did was he had a TikTok account where he just mixes paint because he found mixing yeah. paint very therapeutic, just very satisfying. Like he does oddly satisfying videos, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And evidently people agreed because he got 1.4 million followers on this account. <laughs> and what he did is he realized, wow, like people seem to really like this. This is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's niche, but... You know, it's one of those niches where, like, evidently a lot more people than expected like this sort of thing. Yeah. And um, maybe, like, the company might want to do something with this. So what he did is he just went to his, like, boss and told them, yeah, I've got $1.4 million, or 1.4 million followers mm-hmm. mixing paint. Um, would you guys maybe want to hire me as, like, a marketing guy or do something with this account? Because I like mixing paint, and yeah, it was I've something got, that he was passionate about. So like I've got ten times as many followers as all your corporate accounts combined, mm-hmm. and it's all organic, which is like the absolute holy grail for advertising. And then they fired him. Yep. And his uh, according here, his termination papers provided by Buzzfeed, uh, provided to Buzzfeed um, after an official request was made for gross misconduct, which included wasting facilities and properties. And four, and I quote, seriously embarrassing the company. Fucking hell. And (sighs) to clarify, um, this guy bought all his own paint. He bought Mm -hmm. all the paint that he used because he liked doing it. Yep. And he was fired. And the company um, immediately saw their online presence completely fucking demolished. Uh, you know, a, a reputation they've no doubt spent decades trying to cultivate was destroyed in an instant by this because now nobody on the internet is ever going to use that fucking paint. No, and that's the thing is, I, as I said, I had watched one video of this guy uh, where he, like, guesses the paint. Um, I'd seen that a couple of weeks or months ago or whatever. I don't understand time anymore. And then the last I heard of it was that. And then trending on Twitter that day was just the story about this and just oh yeah fuck this company and everyone just jumped on board and was like yep 
I don't know what this company is, but fuck them. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because they fired a guy. And here's the thing, though. Like, let's listen to what he actually did. Because like, it's all about, oh, he mixed some paint. What's the deal? No, he put together an actual presentation, a proper one, like, you know, slides and all that shit. He used PowerPoint and a lot. And he called it TikTok as a marketing opportunity to the younger people. Oh, okay. He put together a presentation. He showed it to his boss. He sent it mm-hmm. to like head office and then just never heard anything back. And they told him that basically, like, here's a quote from him, basically, and there wasn't really any promotions going on. So there was no need um, uh, f- to see his presentation, even though he got positive feedback from his boss. Oh. And then a month later, got a call from the loss prevention department. Oh. And yeah. And he got a, <sighs> told like you've been stealing stealing paint. He's like, no, I buy it with my employee discount. Yeah. But then it's like, no, but you're also using our facilities because I use the facilities. Admittedly, during work hours, but when it's slow, I'm not mm-hmm. wasting any company time or money. I'm doing no fuck you. You fired. And it says here that they were made aware of his videos um, through a customer complaint. Really? Yeah, a customer complained that he was mixing paint on company property. And good news for that guy, he's been hired by another paint company who realised, wow, our competitor has dropped the ball. They fumbled the ball (laughs) so fucking hard and it has landed at our feet. And look at this. It's got a 1.4 million followers attached to it. Let's pick up this ball and take it. And that's the thing is he will take all of those followers with him because they didn't capitalise on to, to make it like a corporate account or anything. It's just why did they, like how stupid can you get? Like, oh, hey, I have a following of 1.4 million people looking at your paint. Do you want to do anything with it? No, fuck you, get out. Yeah, you're fired for wasting <laughs> company supplies. How dare you? And all I can think is that there was just like an old ass man somewhere in the company. Like uh, I've talked before about like, my bosses mm. in regards to this. So like, the, of where um, we would give pints to staff. Yeah. And um, a specific, and we would, and the deal was we'd give pints to the kitchen staff and they'd give us free food. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd give us like leftover food, we'd give them like a couple of pints at the end of a shift. Yeah. And the pints cost the company pennies. Mm-hmm. Like all things considered, because we were like a huge fucking company. We were buying this stuff, like it cost us like 30p to pull a pint. But I had a boss who's like, well, that's £5 of profit gone right there. We could have sold that pint for four, £5. Mm-hmm. You, you are stealing £5 from the company. And we could never get it through their head <sighs> that no, we are spending a small amount of money to the company admittedly to make your like staff happy. It's and the ultimate could, amount of nearsightedness, isn't it? Of like cutting off your nose to spite your face. And it was the same thing where we would do events. And I would ask my boss, look, is there anything... Like my other boss, because I had two, three bosses at that place. Is there anything in the stock room we need to get rid of? And they tell me, we've got like this vodka, this um, spirits. Like We've got a couple of bottles of champagne left over from a wedding mm-hmm. and that we need to get rid of. Like, and I'd say, like, how much do you want me to sell them for? And they'd say, well, if, as long as you make at least this much on them, you can sell them for whatever you think people are willing to pay. Yeah. And I would like make cocktails with it. I'd like encourage people to buy shots. I'd do special deals. And my till would always be the one that I'd made, like three, four grand more than everyone else on the bar because yeah. I was the only one trusted to do this. And then every time when they do a stock check, they'd come in and go, well, um, how much did you sell it for a shot? And I go, well, I sold it for, I sold five shots for a pound 50 each. She goes, but we sell it on the menu for five pounds a shot. But no one was fucking buying it. It's been on the menu at that price for two years and we've still got three bottles of the shit left. I cleared out all three bottles in an evening. Mm-hmm. But they were like, well, there's like, 
an extra 300 quid we could have made on this. It's like, but we haven't. You've made zero pounds on it so far because yeah. no one's fucking... And they could not see that. They could only see that. A theoretical amount of money that I had stolen from the company. That's the thing is that in their head, that theoretical, say, £500, in theory, could have happened, which is not as much as the, say, £200 you made from it. It's like we've still made £150 profit on this bottle. Mm-hmm. There's still profit going into the till. We've made money, but in their head, what we could have made more. But you weren't. Yeah. You weren't. It was it was taking up space in the stock room. It's just sat there doing nothing. <laughs> and they couldn't see, like, they were so, as you said, short-sighted. And they can also see yeah. that with this company, where they see, well, you're wasting paint. Because, well, it's not wasting it. It's like, you know, it's think of it as an investment to grow your brand online organically. But you that paint could have been sold to a customer. Yeah. For, like, $4. And it goes, like... You go online right now and see how much you can sell an account on TikTok with 1.4 million followers for. Yeah. You, like, in that, but they can't. They can't comprehend You literally it. can't buy that shit. You couldn't know. And if you sold it, you would presumably have to sell it for several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Because any company that knows the internet is like, shit, you can put now anything you want in front of 1.4 million eyeballs. And as like we mentioned, this was... A completely organic growth. It wasn't something just bought and slapped onto a different company. Yeah, and you have like companies right now. Like he had ten times as many God. followers as the entire brand had on all its social media. They got given a fucking gold mine. Yeah, like in any terms company, of social media presence, an actual gold mine. Like any other company would have been chomping at the bit for that, but mm-hmm. you have presumably some old ass man's like, but he's stealing stock. Yeah. We like, could no, have made back. more money off that. Like, we could have sold that tin of paint for $5. It's like, he's right, stealing you... company time. Like, I'll tell you what, you go out and go to an advertising agency and give them $5 and see how many eyeballs they can put your brand name in front of for that. <laughs> I can do it to like a million people right now in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I can get your brand name out to a million people right now. And, and they're just like, the best no. part is they could have just been like, dude, we don't want you to do this. Instead... They They fucking fired him, meaning they got bad press from it, awful press from it, and now another company gets to pick it up. Yeah, they get all of his followers. They get all that goodwill. (laughs) It's so stupid. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in both. No, they handed the gun to another company and then asked (laughs) them to pull the trigger. It's so bad. Oh, God. But you just like you think about like, how short-sighted that is, and it's like I can only think of my boss giving me shit when I was like talking to my other boss, mm-hmm. where like where they're looking at my till and it is overflowing with money, and the tip jar is fucking stonked to the brim, and like there are like five hundred like empty bottles of beer and stuff like in the bin, and we are like doing like record profits for that evening, and, like but like we could have made more money on that. It's like when's the last time you sold? A, like a single shot of this vodka in anything <laughs> just because she's charging five pounds for it does not mean we're going to pay five pounds for it and i just remember the amount of times i had conversations like that um with previous managers where it's like, i think the right thing to do right now would be to give i don't know a free drink or a free dessert or replace this meal or whatever it would be it's like yeah but will they be fine if we don't it's like, yes but I will get goodwill from the entire table and they will likely come back. And probably order a dessert. For the sake of something that costs you like a pound, let's not say. It's probably less. That. It's less than that, isn't it? 
Yeah, it will be because it's a, a fucking restaurant. It's like a chain restaurant. And is is that, you know, 30p or whatever it is for the dessert or the drink... Worth losing worth, a customer. Like, you saving for the sake of get, like getting five customers on your good side and getting them to come back? Well, the easiest way to sum it up is um, our friend of ours, um, like talked about Cadbury's chocolate brand here and I, I presume what this what we're about to discuss is representative of a, like a lot of companies in the industry where um, their mm-hmm. complaints department is told um, if someone rings up and complains mm-hmm. no matter what their complaint is how petty it is how stupid it sounds just send them a voucher for free products yeah uh, it's a chocolate company. It's a Cadbury's, yes. Um, and, um, yeah, the one of the biggest is, chocolate companies in the world, to clarify. like Yeah, and the limit they put on that is, um, not even if they call in multiple times, up to £200. After that, they're probably taking the piss, and it's safe to be, like, just, like, tell them, look, we've already sent complaints out. We've already, like, addressed this issue multiple times. And I believe that would be £200 over a cumulative period of... Yes. Not on one complaint, but they will have that person's details on the complaints file and then look oh well over two other complaints they've been given 150 pounds worth of stuff they can max it out with another 50 pounds worth yeah that's what it is it's um all they do is just like because they don't tell the customer that they say oh well we're no, happy of to send you out some free stuff can mm-hmm. you give us an address and a name to post it to then you put that in a little because he worked in the complaints department for like a summer job mm-hmm. and told me about this and that's like one of the tricks they do like, oh, well, we're happy to send you out some free products as a, by way of an apology. Give us your name and address, and then they put that in a little database, and they just, mm-hmm. like, keep, whenever they come up, oh, well, what's your name, madam? And they just, like, say if it flags. And he said several people got flagged as doing it dozens of times. Mm-hmm. But the company doesn't give it. And I can only assume that that £200 is a figure that a marketing guy came up with of. This is the amount of money a customer would probably spend over a 10-year period. Yeah. And after they've got to that point, it's just not worth keep sending them more stuff. Exactly. Because this is the threshold you need to reach before it's not financially viable to keep them as a customer anymore. Because, yes, there will be a select few people that will just go after um, complaints products and stuff like They will just abuse the system. But for the most part, if you've got a pissed off customer and send them £20 worth of free stuff without asking any questions, it'll the problem will solve itself and they'll be a, a presumably loyal customer. Yeah, and people as well are very, very petty because um, yeah. one of those like Reddit threads and they pop up that I always like to read is, um, is there a product or a service that you have boycotted for a very mm. petty reason? And like I've personally done stuff like that. I've boycotted so many brands because like, personally they piss me off. Yeah. Like there are restaurants, that, there's a, a pub that I used to live next door to mm. that I have refused to go into despite it being one of the best pubs in Sheffield. Big, like, oh, I don't right, want to say okay. the names. I don't want like, I, I know which one you're referring to, yeah. Because I went in with my girlfriend at the time, mm. and the barman was rude to her. Oh, okay, fair enough, yeah. Just the barman was a prick, and it's like I'm never coming back in. And that's the thing is, it can be something as simple as that where an employee pisses off somebody and they won't come back. It doesn't have to be the company themselves. It can be something as small as like, yeah, the bartender was a prick. Meaning that reflects bad on your pub because you hired someone who is a prick and lets them get away with it. Yeah, and it's just like, it's you're probably thinking, well, that's small fries, that's one person. But if you think just over the course of a lifetime, I'd have maybe gone into that pub, what, like several dozen times? Mm-hmm. Every time getting like a tenner's worth of drinks? That adds up. And, and that's, obviously you know, that's... The, there's 
different levels of success where if you do say that's a McDonald's, it's like, well, we don't care. We make enough money. Oh, yeah. And McDonald's has the same thing. If you go in and complain, because uh, I think we've talked on the podcast before, there's a, a guy who lived homeless. And it's like advice for people who are homeless is just going to mm-hmm. McDonald's. As long as you don't look homeless, that's his advice. But go in, like, try and smart yourself as much as you can. Just say, look, I got a meal from here last like last week. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just it was cold when I got it home. And yeah. most of the time, they'll just give you a free meal to shut you up. Because yeah, it's I, McDonald's I, and they don't give a shit. I remember um, Jenna and I were like, on a night out once, walked past McDonald's at like, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Fuck it, yeah. And we bought £10 worth of food, say, but her veggie burger was missing. The next day, she sends an email, look, everything was fine, but we were missing an item. And they just sent out a £10 code without question. Yeah. Like, £10 it's... voucher. Like, fuck it. Yeah. There you She's go. Not... Sorry. Yeah, it's not worth you um, like having the reaction of well, well, I'm not, I'm just not going to go there anymore because one bad experience can sour someone on an entire thing. Mm-hmm. Like, just think about like people are very um, they make quick to make snap judgments. Like, I'm sure you've had it with people before because this is something that happens with us all the time with streaming and stuff like that, where one person will come in and just say, "Oh, what's up, fuckwits?" Something like yeah. that, and that single interaction must be sour on that person. Immediately. It's like, well, I don't want to interact with this person anymore. And then you always see things where people will respond, yeah, but I was only joking. I didn't need to get banned. Like, but you gave me one screenshot of your personality and decided it would be a good thing to come in and immediately insult me. I don't want to even risk the chance of you getting to say something else. Hmm. Is that thing? It's uh, just uh, to end on. There's a, a neat story about something similar to that told by the comedian Jason Manford that I'm now going to steal for my comedy podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, and it's just I just think it's just really representative, like how like uh, weird the human mind can be in regards to stuff like this. Okay, and he talks about how he got really into Football Manager for a like for a very a like, lot of us have been there. Yeah, yeah, like it's guys go through Football Manager phases, girls go through like, getting addicted to the Sims. <laughs> it happens to us all. It's, it's a fact I just do life. both. It's a fact of life that every now and again, men will just be like, I need to play either SimCity or Football Manager. Just something about those two games. He talks about how in that <laughs> that game actually ended up ruining an interaction with an actual footballer he is a fan of. Oh, right. Because like uh, he was hired to do a comedy gig for like Manchester City or Manchester United. I forget which one. So Jason Manford, for context, is a Manchester-born comedian. He is, so yeah. Like, I'm a, a big pretty honor. sure he's a fan of Man City. Okay, well, it was like a big honour for like, yeah. I mean, like, you're going to like perform. And he says that he had a really brusque interaction with one of the players, and his wife asked him, "You were a, you were a bit rude to that player then? Like you were a bit like short with him?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was actually. Why did I do that?" And then he got home and realised that on Football Manager, that player had not turned up to training for five weeks. <laughs> And that's why he was so rude to him. He's like, oh, no, I must just associate his name with, with like, you know... Pissing get... me off on Football Manager, yeah. Yeah, because he, like, you know, he, he fucking ruined my plan for, like, that week five times in a go because he really didn't want to go to training. Mm-hmm. And that coloured his actual perception of the guy in real life. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, because I've seen little things like that where, um, especially sports games, every now and then you just see somebody tweet, like, you know, at... I don't even I can't even think of a Mohammed Salah, like you know, like because famous like, footballer, uh, and it's like fuck you, you just missed an open goal on FIFA, <laughs> and it's uh, fuck off. That's a that video how, game. It's not that, me. 
Uh, oh god, people actually being mad at the athletes themselves because uh, yeah. you perform badly in my video game. So if anyone's like, oh, that's a comedian telling you, now this happens a lot, and I want to say I've seen a couple of those screenshots going around of like just actual footballers getting yelled at because people like um, missed a goal with them in FIFA or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And even the footballers themselves get mad. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a great story and they're talking about how they make the EA sports games and they talk to like the guy in charge of the stats. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a very boring job until you realise that like, it's his job to quantify the skill of real people. Yeah. And apparently he cannot tell people what his job is anymore <laughs> when he's at events for FIFA and things like that. Because when footballers find out that's his job, all they do is bitch about their own stats in the game. Is that, Well, oh, my, uh, my sprint speed should be higher than that. What the fuck? It's like, yeah, why can this player sprint faster than me? I'm faster than him in training. It's like, but I don't get to see you in training. (laughs) I only see your performance on the pitch. It's just, that's so, like, even the footballers themselves get mad at these, like, virtual representations of themselves. Yeah. And of their teammates. And that's, like, adorable, but also kind of scary to think that's how easily human perception can be swayed. But how annoying would it be if you had a teammate that... Like, yeah, I smoke him in races and practice every and single week. And then you go on to FIFA and you start building your team. And he's got and he's better like, stats than Wait, you. He's, he's better than me. Fuck off. He's not faster than me. I beat him in a race every week. He's like, I, he, I've got better stats than him in real life. It's like, well, you're yeah. a fucking... And my only argument is, you're a millionaire, suck it up. Yeah, you, get, exactly. you get paid 19 grand a week to kick a ball around a field. Oh. Gain some perspective. But like, um, I've had that in real life. Where obviously I'm a, a known figure online and mm-hmm. people will have brief interactions with me which can colour their perception of me. And you've told the story before of getting messages from people who've had a single interaction with me on Twitter yeah. telling you, a person who's known me in real life for 10 years, that they you don't know who I am or what mm-hmm. I'm like because they had one sour interaction with me on Twitter or something. It's like, oh, watch out for Carl. He'll block you one day too. It's like, okay, great. But yeah. yeah, like we can we can end it there because I hear my girlfriend in the other room getting our tea ready. So oh, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to be making it tonight, so I feel really bad. Oh no! <laughs> At least I can hear like the, the the pots and pans clinking and clanking. So we can call it there. I think next week's going to be just oh shit! Oh fuck! I forgot. Oh no! Oh god no! I'm such an idiot. What? Oh, uh, today's episode sponsored. <laughs> oh, is it? It was supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, it was supposed to be last week. Sorry. Oh, no. uh, do, do you know Whiskey Studios, the guys who sponsored the... They gave us our very first ever Fact Fiend sponsored video. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, they reached out to me like a month ago. Can I sponsor the podcast? And I said, yeah, 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 because they're doing a stream on December 10th, so tomorrow or today. The day that this comes out, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, this podcast has been two fucking hours long. Oh, God. Uh, they're doing a, a live stream for charity playing from start to finish um, Cyberpunk 2077. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl. Um, when we just press stop on this recording, give me a sponsored segment for me to put near the start. Oh, okay. I'll put it in for you. Oh, do you want to, Should we just... Because it's going to take a while to export this audio. Should we just stop talking now, leave a few seconds of silence, and you just cut it out and trim it? Yeah, cool. I'll sort okay. that out for you. So I guess, like... For folks who listens all the way to the end, that must be the most organic thing they've heard. Of. Like, oh <laughs> fuck no! <laughs> but God. Carl, don't worry, we can save it in the edit. We can save it in the edit. <laughs>